What's it gonna take for you to finally break up with your bullshit? Think what you could do if you could only break up with your bullshit. Oh. Hello and welcome to the Break Up With Your Bullshit podcast. I am Michelle Aiken, and if you don't know me, well, why not? Well, it's okay. Now you do. Uh, hello. I'm a coach. I work with creative people one-on-one to help them reach their goals, and I also have been building a pretty big following of creative people online who are all in a group together with the same name as this podcast, Break Up With Your Bullshit. There are a whole bunch of people who are committed to making their art and getting past where they get stuck and stopped supporting each other uh, each other to do that. Um, and we have a Facebook group together as well as a live event coming up February 20th that. I'm not sure when you're listening to this, but hopefully there are still seats open and available. If you go to my website, michelleaken.com, you can find out more information about the live event. We've got some really cool speakers lined up, and it's going to be a day that lights a fire under a lot of people's asses. So if you need a little tough love and an ass kicking, come on over to my website and check out Break Up With Your Bullshit Live. But for today... I've got one of my old YouTube buddies. He's not old, but, you know, internet years old we are because we started out pretty early on on YouTube. I'm not really on YouTube anymore other than posting this podcast, Uh, which, by the way, if you're you're listening on uh, Apple or Spotify, you can also watch this podcast on YouTube, just so you know. And uh, my YouTube name is also Michelle Aiken. Not too hard to find. I try not to make myself too difficult to discover. Um... So my buddy Mike, Mike MGTV, is on the podcast today, and he is a maniac, though um, I think I called him a lunatic when I texted him and asked him to be on the podcast, and he said, me? As in, like, you're also a lunatic, Michelle? And I was like, okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Um, but not like him. Like, he, he, he was on Lindsay Lohan's Beach Club, the reality show, and got fired by Lindsay herself. And uh, he tells that story a bit, as well as a whole bunch of other dirt behind the scenes stuff about being on a reality show and, um, and just about what he does creatively. And, um, it's a, it's a really, I think we, I'm trying to remember, I haven't just, it was a little while ago when we did this interview. Um, I know that we got into some deeper stuff around creative process, but it was a lot of dirt dishing and a lot of me laughing very loudly at the different things that he let me in on. So I hope you enjoyed this episode very much. And you go check Mike out. I'll put some links to uh, where to find him in the description. And that's it for this week. So please enjoy this interview with Mike MG TV. Um, born ready. Born ready. Hey, Mike, born how's it going? Hey, welcome to my dirty ass kids room. I love it. <laughs> how, is, how is it being in New Jersey? It's fine. It's weird where it's starting not to feel like home anymore, which makes me sad. Mm. You know what I mean? Yes, I do. Because nobody I know lives here anymore. It used to be like, oh, you come home, at least you can see everybody. Right. Now there's nothing. You out in LA now? <laughs> yeah, I'm still in LA. Um, but I love coming back east because LA gets exhausting. Just being there, just existing in Los Angeles is exhausting. I like to be here. I like I like to be over here where people tell me to get over myself. It makes me feel happy. <laughs> I love all of your TikToks with your mom. That so do I. She got press. People reached out to me like on like Snapchat things, being like, "Can we use your video?" Like no one asked me to do that. 
She says one word. It's a really, it's a great dynamic though between the two of you. Oh, by the way, before I forget, I have, these are my floor models of my breakup with your bullshit tiny microphones. I'm so obsessed we have, with them. Are, are you? I'm, I'm obsessed with them. <laughs> I'm going to send you one. So <clears throat> you have to pick a color right now. Hot pink, rose gold, sexy blue, or silver. Sex, sexy blue. Sexy blue, it is. Yes. Okay. I'm going to use that in a video too. I'll, I'll make sure to, you got to send me the link where people can buy them. I will. <laughs> I'm spelling sexy. Um, so I went to make my page to sell them. And um, and I wrote, I wrote hot pink with a W. Love it. And I put rose gold, W-Z-E. R-O-W-Z-E and then I got the blue and I was like you know I saw some 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 of the kids talking on Twitter and they they use the term sexy s-e-x-c Ooh! and I was like okay it's sexy Sexy. blue yeah or sexy with three x's (laughs) that works too right (laughs) literally when you go to order it on my website it's s-e-x-c blue (laughs) that's the option the color option I put into the website I love it though. <laughs> Listen, this is the year to do it. I mean, I was a little delirious, but I sent it to um, my marketing chick, and she was like, "Perfect." I'm like, love okay, that. <laughs> I just need I love a little, all of it. Little validation. <laughs> well, you um, got one customer so far, so. Well, thanks. Actually, <laughs> they sold out in less than forty-eight hours, and they ordered new ones. Really? Yeah. That's fucking. Sick. I don't know how to do any of that. I know I right? don't. we came up in in the in like the organic YouTube days where you just do shit and then people follow you and so this is why I hired a marketing team Mike because yeah I was, and they're saying to me like how come you only are just doing this now I'm like because I didn't learn anything about how to market online I just did no. stuff and it no but I, yeah but I can listen I can do a tag video what's that <laughs> what do you mean what's that what do you mean a tag video Tag videos were all there was when we were like when in the OG YouTube days. I didn't call it that, so explain to me what you're talking about. I probably had another name for it. A tag video? It was like I'm doing the boyfriend tag, or I'm doing the uh, I'm doing the um, get ready with me tag, or the no. It's just like literally you answer the most basic questions. I mean, I guess I was always just vlogging with Grace, so we didn't like do the like I'm doing this, I'm doing this. maybe yeah. she did on her solo channel, but I still I was so averse to doing anything that was like on purpose. I remember thinking you guys were such a big deal when I was, you guys got like paid to go into like a restaurant and try their food. I'm going to have that chef on. Are you serious? Yeah. Like, so we had that, this is actually a good promo for Chef Michael coming out <laughs> because we got paid, we did get paid to go into that restaurant and eat all their food. And then I became friends with him and I went into his restaurant all the time and yeah. they actually just closed right before the pandemic. So really? sidestep quite a landmine. Yeah, goddamn. Like, oh, so sad. And then I was like, wait, that's actually amazing now in, in retrospect. I, I'll, I'll hear from him, but I want to talk to him about like, it was all like uh, fancy comfort food. Yeah, and- I remember being like, you could do this. You can make videos and people will pay you to come in and eat uh, their food. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it was really, it was, I mean, it was good press for him. All of our viewers were like, I'm going to New York. What's that, what's the name of that restaurant y'all went to? Yeah. So it was a pretty constant. And he's been, he's like the chef on bar rescue and stuff. Like he'll come in and, and do the, yeah. <laughs> I can't wait to ask him about John Taffer. Those are my favorite. Like the TLC shows are my favorite. Yeah, they're awesome. Is, that what, is it TLC or Spike? Mm. Spike? Was it Spike? Or is it, is it, is it, uh, what's that other one? Oh, there's another like three letter acronym one. Oh my God. F. 
Mm, what's OSU? I don't know. Done? I've okay. completely lost everything. It's definitely not MTV. It's not MTV. That's my trigger word. <laughs> Why? What's your, what's your beef with MTV, Mike? Oh, my beef with MTV. My, uh, I, I, you know what? I can't even say. I, 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 I keep getting. Here's, here's what I can say about MTV. My problem with MTV is they talk a lot of shit about MTV. And then I get called for other shows. And then they asked me in the interview, well, then why'd you go on live and say X, Y, and Z? And I'm like, well, God damn it. I didn't think you guys were listening to me anymore. Wow. <laughs> happens? My beef with MTV is since I'm a content creator, I'm sure, like, as you know, going on a show where you have to completely relinquish creative control. Yeah. Where you're like, well, that sounds dumb. I want to do this. And then they're like, no. And like, basically you become almost like a liability because you're like fighting with production because they want you to do exactly what they want you to do, whether it's good or bad for you. Right. But being somebody that knows how to edit and like how they can spin that, you're like, I don't want to do that. Right. That would drive me insane. That's like anytime yeah. I had a real job with a boss. Yeah. And they'll sit you down and they'll fill your head. Like when we did our show, that kid was a total jerk and it so backfired on him. He got fired from his job because it was so bad. Like they were in his confessional being like, you're going to get a spinoff. Like, you're going to, this is going to be so cool for you. And he would come back and tell us this. I'm like, dude, show hasn't even come out yet. Spinoff. Let's, wow. let's see if we get a season two. Like wow. they feed you. They, yeah. it's crazy. Wow. Well, and um, what shows have you been on? I have been on uh, the only really low hand beach club. I've gotten hit up for shows like, um, like the challenge and X on the beach. But the thing is, they'll ask me, they're like, are you really excited to do like something like the challenge in the interview? And I'll be like, no. <laughs> they're like, why? I'm like, it doesn't look fun, but I could really use a million dollars. And they're like, what about like, do you think you're gonna be good at like athletic competitions? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie because then you get casted and then I get the shit kicked out of me episode one. I told them the only thing I'm good for is really like comedy and gifts. I'm like, I'm not the smartest one. I'm not the strongest one, but I'm like really funny. You know what I mean? I'm really good at faking it. I'm like everyone that's ever slept with Johnny Bananas. I'm like, I could really give you good confessional. Who is Johnny Bananas? Exactly my point. <laughs> he's somebody, he's been on like the challenge like 30 years. He's never had like a real job. He just does this the challenge like every year. So like I stretch for the flex, but the, his name's Johnny Bananas. So I can only imagine what he's like in bed. You know what I mean? Like if someone comes up to you at the bar and the banana's in their name, you know what I mean? What are you going to assume? <laughs> That's like someone having their name as like hung 69 on Grinder. Like, you know, the dick's not good. <laughs> okay. I'm going to my makeup. Um, can you explain to people who don't know you what your deal is? Oh, God. I know. I wish, it's like, this is like that. therapy. I know. Uh, I know. I'm an aspiring, I guess, I still, still I consider myself like an aspiring YouTuber, mm -hmm. uh, podcast co-host, and uh, possible television person. I don't know. I feel like I'm, my everything I do is like constant limbo, but my actual career title is a, is a production consultant and producer. Uh-huh. I started my own business. Nice. <laughs> um, but you yeah, know, YouTuber, podcaster. Uh, sometimes TV person when the, the network doesn't hate me. Yeah, it's tough. It's <laughs> tough to, I mean, I feel like there's just always been this thing where taking someone from YouTube and trying to put them on regular television is dicey. Well, it never works because like I said, we're good in uh, confessionals because that's like what we're used to doing. Speaking but to we, the camera. 
Yeah, but we micromanage and a lot of time they always want to make you look like the idiot. Right. They always want to make you look dumb, um, which like if you're going on reality TV, you kind of have to be down for. Right. Like anybody who's not willing to look stupid or like if you're trying to go on TV and look good, you're you're in the wrong place. Like reality TV, I grew up with like Flavor of Love. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what I mean? Like those kind of shows, uh, Bad Girls Club, Jersey Shore. So I went on there to be a mess because that's how I am. I wasn't you, trying I to mean, be anybody else. One thing I really love about you is that you're totally unapologetic about it. And oh. like, didn't you put a breadstick between your ass cheeks or something? What happened? Yes, I did. And it was the only good thing that happened out of that damn show. Because like day one, they literally sat us all down around a table, table and I have Lindsay Lohan being like, we don't give second chances. I'm like, haven't you been to rehab like nine times? And you don't <laughs> give second chances. it's the truth and then they'll be like if you fuck anybody date anybody or cause any drama you're fired and I'm like I came here to do every single one of those things what else were you supposed to do what like what was the expectation they were like you're gonna the the pitch was this and the pitch sounded great they wanted Vanderpump rules but instead of Lindsay Lohan I mean but instead of uh, Lisa Vanderpump they were gonna have Lindsay Lohan Uh but also like Jersey Shore where we're all gonna live in a house but instead of Jersey Shore it's Mykonos. Mm. So you tell that to me. And I'm like, yeah. down. Paradise. Yeah. Two days later, I'm on a plane and they're like, we're going to start off in Mykonos. Then we're going to go to Athens and then Dubai and Rhodes. And this is going to be your life for the next five years. So I was like, sick. So then they start telling us we can't do anything crazy or we're fired. And then our boss is like out of their mind, obviously, because it's Lindsay Lohan. We can't talk to anybody and like flirt with guests or whatever because they don't speak English. And then, the, and then it was just like, um, what else was it? And then they were started firing people for also being too boring. So I was like, okay, so we're either too boring and we're fired or we're too interesting and we're fired. So I'm like, well, I'm the only funny one. So they're not going to get rid of me. That's what I thought. And then the last day, I'm like, it's the last day. What are you going to do? So I got completely shit-faced hammered. And our, my client of the day was this girl named Sophie from um, what is it? it's like a it was like a it was like a UK version of Jer- Jersey Shore, mm-hmm. a Geordie Shore or something like that. I did okay. It, so one moment for that, I had no <laughs> idea that, that existed. Thank you. Neither did I. They were like, Mike, you can't keep up with these kids. I'm like, <laughs> I can't keep up with these kids. I'm from New Jersey. <laughs> they are the knockoff. Are you kidding? And it said in her about because we would always get a list of what they like and what they don't like and they said in her about like in print it says she doesn't like by guys so mike don't even try hmm. and i was like oh so you're baiting me i know you're baiting me yeah but it's the last day so i'm down mm. so i said the goal today is i'm gonna fuck her on camera and then i'm gonna tell her afterwards that i'm by by hooking up with her guy friend that was the storyline i was like gonna go for it so i make out with her then I make out with him. We have like a whole like come to moment where she realizes her like that she should be more open minded. None of this airs. And what they yeah, what they do decide to air is me getting hammered and them uh, basically being like, I want to go swimming, but I don't have a bathing suit. And they were all year. They were like, do whatever the client asks. So I was like, OK, I'll take you to the store. We'll buy a bathing suit. They said, no, I want your bathing suit. So I look at production. I said, well, I don't have any underwear on because all my underwear flew off the clothing line where we had to air dry all of our clothes into the ocean the first week there. So I didn't have underwear the whole time. (laughs) Oh my God. And so I asked permission and production was like, do you care? And I thought that meant, yeah, it's fine. 
which that was not the case. So I get butt ass naked and start like running around getting a shot from covering myself up. And they're dying laughing. They spent the most money. The clients loved me. Like it was amazing. So the next day when we like surprisingly went into work that we weren't told about, I thought I won something. Like they give us all like a sheet of paper with all of our faces on. And they're like, surprise, you guys are the guests. We're going to have a big party. But my face wasn't there. And they were like, we heard you got naked yesterday. And I'm like, yes, I did. I went above and beyond. Like they loved me. (laughs) And all of a sudden he's like, pack your shit, you're fired. I'm like, what? Oh my God. I had a Friday night speech. Like (laughs) it was like Friday night lights. I had a whole like goodbye speech. Everybody was like protesting. They didn't want me to go because I was the only funny one. Even production was like, how could we change this narrative? We don't want him to go. So, and then it was crazy. Like we were going on, like when we did all the press and we had to say all the good stuff about it, we didn't see the show yet. And they were like, okay, Mike, you have to go out and you have to say all these good things, you know, if you want to be brought back for season two. And I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'm like, I'm good. I'm good morning, America. They were like, what surprised you the most about, you know, Lindsay Lohan? I'm like, her drive and work, at, work ethic. Oh, and everybody starts no. applauding. And I'm like, yeah, yeah. Like lying through my teeth on good morning, America. Wow. <laughs> That's wild, Mike. Wild, but fun. Wild. I mean, yeah, it's still like, like these stories are, uh, you know, there's, there's so much to it that's really frustrating. But then also like you were in Mykonos on Lindsay Lohan's oh. show. So yeah, like, I mean, w- wouldn't, I mean, even though there was, like, all the fun stuff that didn't show, like, instead of harping about it, I basically say, you know what, I met a lot of great people that worked for both the network and the production company. I made, like, my best friends now are the people I met on the show. And I got to go to Greece for free. So, like, I feel like I, I talk a lot of shit just because I'm, like, disappointed on how it played out. Sure. And I think a lot of the people behind the scenes, like, look at me like, I guess they get annoyed or they think I'm bitter or something like that, where I'm just mad at what wasn't shown, like it being somebody who edits. Um, so. yeah, annoyed the shit out of me as a video editor. Yeah. But like, like the, 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 that whole storyline where you're by and then you, you have that, that, that's so good that you, that she had a little moment of thinking she should be more open-minded, especially cause, cause there's so many, uh, there's so many people that are just like, bye isn't a thing. Yeah. And they were trying to push that. Like Gabby on the show, the girl was bi too. And they never asked her about it. No one even knew. Wow. Yeah, it was like, she would talk about it all the time, but they would only ask me questions about bi stuff. And then I was with a girl, but they didn't want me to be with the girl. So they fired her. And then they flew in a guy from home because they wanted me to be with a guy on the show. I'm like, well, that's, you guys are trying to like construct a storyline. That's not how I want to represent myself because it's not true. Well, yeah. And it's like harmful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very harmful. I mean, Mike, I identify as bi and I don't talk about it. Thank you. I don't want to get shit. Well, I didn't you know? even, I don't even identify as, I, I call myself fluid. I hook up with everybody, man, female, everything between I trans. Because it's the only word I, I like fluids to fluid works. I, I, I have a friend who says that, uh, that she's hetero challenged. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, like I just say horny. Can I just be like, I'm horny? <laughs> Like, what's your sexuality? Horny, period. <laughs> and that should be enough. But they made me, like, um, they, like, suggested what, during my interview, they are like, well, why don't you say bye? Because that's easier for people to understand. Which is such a toxic thing to tell somebody. I feel like yeah. when I promote it, I'm like, don't make it easy for everybody else to understand. The only one who needs to understand who you are is you. First right. and foremost. Yeah, and I find, like, a lot of people, um, I know someone else who's, like, 
my sexuality or my uh, pronouns are shrug emoji. Like, I don't, <laughs> I just don't know, you know, yeah. like I can't even, and I guess that's where I've been for most, I mean, I'm, I'm married to a man and I didn't even like recognize or come to terms with the fact that I ever <laughs> wanted to date women until after I was married. I see your TikToks about it all the time. Oh, yes. Like, yeah. See, I talk about it on TikTok because it's okay on TikTok. Right? Growing up thinking you have a girl crush and then just realizing you were bi the whole time. <laughs> it was just a crush. It was just a crush. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That's why it's like for a guy like, I like gay porn, but only because it's taboo. Not because I also like guys. What? Uh, it's strange it's uh, I say it's harmful because if there's no conversation happening about it then people don't feel like they have a space and as soon as I heard other people saying things like that on TikTok I was like I'm also here obviously I'm saying it here now whatever I'm getting more comfortable with it but like um you know I'm not gonna go on Facebook and (laughs) I can't even say say it yeah I mean I feel like people people always get sometimes I get annoyed when they're like stop talking about it. I'm like, I'm only talking about it because people, you guys are asking me about it. Yeah. If you don't ask me about it, it's not like, I, it's not like I'm going to shake your hand and be like, hi, I'm Mike and I'm bi. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird. I don't even think you, I don't think you were out the last time that we actually like saw each other in person. No, you know what the thing is? I just didn't talk about it. I mm-hmm. was like, I, I, wor- I was working at the gay bars in New York mm-hmm. um, and I've never really like, I still haven't ever dated a guy. I've definitely been with a lot more guys since then, but at the time, I was just like, I'm just going to do my own thing. And if people ask, I'll tell them. But <clears throat> unless it was brought up in conversation, I was just like, yeah, no. I, I said, thus far in my life, I've only ever dated a woman. See, That's how go. I would answer the question. Yeah. <laughs> True. Yeah. Um, oh, let's talk about where we were the last time that we were together. <gasps> yes. What was that? It was a comedy club. We were in New York. Wait, what about the con that we were at together? Oh. <gasps> I forgot about the con. Right? I don't even remember what it was called, but we were both on panel. <laughs> were we on the same panel? We were on the same, it was StreamCon. 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 <laughs> Ming, do you know StreamCon? Hold on, here comes Ming, who's a professional con goer. Hi, Ming. Uh, I've heard of StreamCon. Uh, I only aspire to be at StreamCon, so you guys are way cooler than I am. Oh, God. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good thing to aspire to. <laughs> well, did it keep going after that year? Because no one came to it, Ming. Like, like no one came to it. We we it's went fine. to the panel. And we, we got to feel important for a day. I Are felt very important. We were in the green room with like famous Instagram dogs, and Michael <laughs> Buckley was there. Hey, Michael. Oh yeah. Um, oh oh, you know I'm gonna be right next to those famous Instagram dogs. Oh yeah, they were running around. I was like, oh my god, Pomeranian. <laughs> I love it, Pomeranian. That was with Nicole. Nicole uh, Wiseman, I think, was um, a friend of mine. Was I think leading the panel? Mm-hmm. It was a body positivity panel and they were like, okay, you lost a lot of weight. Can you come on and talk about it? And I know you being a life coach, I'm like, you probably have some great insight because I remember I asked you about it and you're like, well, I don't really know how much I'm going to relate to the topic, but I could help. (laughs) (laughs) I'll add something. I mean, I definitely, I definitely over the years had, uh, have had many comments made about my body because I'm on the internet. And so apparently it's fair. Yeah. I, I, I mean, don't need to say this to you. I mean, yeah, well, being a woman on the internet, I mean, I'm sure you, you do deal with that a lot more. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel, I, just, like, I feel like females get the scrutiny a little bit more. I mean, gay men, yeah. But I feel like throughout the, their life, I feel like, um, and historically, I know uh, females get that a lot more. 
I mean, the crazy making thing is that if you if you look too like quote too skinny, then people say that, and if you ha- gain like a tiny bit of weight, people say you're fat. And so it's like, mm-hmm. I've never been fat in my life, but yeah, to the internet, I have. And you know what? Here's the funny thing: because people will comment sometimes. They'll be like, "Where'd your abs go?" I'm like, "Where'd your six pack go?" I'm like, "I drank it." What are you talking about? Where my six pack went? <laughs> And you I saw that on TikTok recently. Yeah. Like, I need to maintain this body. This doesn't just occur. This is not just happen. Like, am I that that really good picture? Am I that person? Yes. Am I always that person? Absolutely not. That's like 3% of the time. And after it's gone through like four different apps, <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Uh, and even so, like, I, I don't know, people really just change their whole body. And I know it's like, it's really not an accurate portrayal. And a lot of people are trying to be something that doesn't exist. Right. And the advice I give you, like, listen, rely more on personality. I wish that's what people focus on more. Because listen, my personality gets me laid much more than my body does. Oh, yeah. And I'm I'm far more attracted to personalities than I am to bodies. Yeah. Because I mean, a guy that's... could be like, or, or oh, a girl, and it could be like super attractive and then they open their mouth and then you're oh, like, hmm. You can't. said that thing. You said that thing and now I don't want to talk to you anymore. Yeah. I I was friends with my husband and I worked with him for over a year before I felt attracted to him. Mm -hmm. Like I got to know him and then I was like fucking in love with him. Well, that's how you know that's real love. Yeah. Yeah. There's some people that you don't initially like. I mean, even with friends, have you ever had like, is there ever somebody you meet them originally and you're like, I hate this person. And then after a while, they're like your best friend. Yeah. Like you you hated something about them that was actually like attractive to you, your soul. Like you yeah. want more of that or you were jealous of them in some way or you, like, I don't know. I mean, some, I feel like sometimes the, the, the sensation of being repelled by someone is actually a protective measure because mm. there's something threatening about them or you're worried they're going to reject you or you really like them actually and you, and you want to be friends with them. So you kind of pre-reject them so that they can't reject you. Oh yeah. Well, that's just self-sabotage. Yes. That's exactly what that is. Which I don't know why. I feel like people always ask me, like, why are you still single? I'm like, I don't know. I feel like I'm always getting, I have to deal with my issues first before I make them a problem for anybody else. Sure. But I, I also think, you're, you know, it's just, it's finding somebody that you actually want to hang out with a lot. And I feel like I find those a lot more here on the East Coast. My mm-hmm. problem is finding somebody with an East Coast personality living on the West Coast. Maybe you got to go to Colorado or something. Probably. I, you know, I just, I don't, I don't want to stay in LA. Once I no longer have to be in LA for work, I definitely think I want to stay in California, but maybe more like a San Diego, mm. or like a Laguna. Do you know what I'm saying? I love San Diego. I've been there many times and <sighs> accomplishment coaching, uh, the, the coach training program that I lead is based mm-hmm. there. So. Oh my God. You have to tell me next time you go. We need I to will. go out in San Diego. I will probably be, um, probably be next August mm-hmm. if all goes well. I mean, if, if we the world's have- in a better place. Yeah, because we were going to have this like gigantic celebration of the like an an- major anniversary for the company this year and like have everyone come mm-hmm. and of course had to postpone. Yeah, of course. So it's next year, right? As of right now, it's going to be in August or something. I think August or September. Yeah. How's I, everything I, been though? Um, great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, my profession like does fairly well when things are going to shit in the world. <laughs> I think we're one of these like solvent 
the world's in peril here i come <laughs> hey my ceo said he's like he just started listing all of like the things that have happened since he became a coach uh however long ago like he started back in the 80s or whatever and um and yeah he's like i've never like like you have dips i mean it's entrepreneurship it's just like anything it's going to go up and down up and down he's like but uh, during major crises like these are not times when we lose all of our business these are times when uh things really kick in and i will tell you like first of all none of my clients left during covid Ooh, no one was like amazing. oh i have to stop because they were all like what if like i need this i need this. Yeah. it had the structure so to get rid of a structure right when everything else fell apart yeah. doesn't make sense right absolutely um though lots of people do it but most of mine are like long-term people so they stuck around and then toward September, I started getting a lot of contacts from people, a lot of like, hey, like I've been stagnant for the last however long, you know, quarantine, and I really need to like, pick it up. And these are people who have been impacted, everyone's impacted, right? But there's some people yeah. who are more financially impacted than others. And there's some people who have money to invest, and they haven't done anything for the last three months, because they didn't know what to do. And now they're starting to get clear. Here's what I need to do. I need a support structure so that I can get to this next level in my business. Plus all of my travel expenses are no longer a thing. And here are all these things that are no longer happening. So I have this excess of funds to put toward what's next in my business and my pivot. And so here's what I'm going to do is invest in a coach. So that's mm -hmm. happened a lot. So I'm actually, I'm doing great. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like anything that's helps people with, you know, mental health, yeah. And everybody who's a creative right now, I feel like it's flourishing because you can kind of create your own job and opportunity. Right. I was, I, was, I feel like this has been a very good year in order to like sit down and give yourself the time you haven't been able to give yourself in the past. And it, it's also helped me mentally thinking because one of my biggest issues with like, you know, really going out there and going headfirst with the, the creative field is I was always like, oh, I, I don't have benefits and there's no there's no safety net. Right. And the one thing I feel like this will teach people is, is uh, sorry, can you hear me okay? Yeah. <laughs> like that one thing I feel like people can learn from that safety net is um, that doesn't exist. Right. You know, no matter what your job is, you could lose that in a second. So my biggest advice for people is just go far, go for what makes you happy and go for it hard and don't be afraid of things. Don't worry about all like the tedious things. You, there's ways around it. There's ways you could do it because it's much safer and better to do that than live an unhappy life. Preach. Yeah, you, get, you used to tell me to go for it all the time. I remember when, I, when we used to hang out in New York, I was working at my job in um, marketing in Manhattan. Right. And I was like, I can't, I, can't, I haven't even done this for a year yet and I can't sit in the cubicle anymore. It was just so much like me. Like I've had, oh, yeah. I've had like one job at a desk with, <laughs> with, with a boss and they didn't last yeah. very long at all. I know. I and then you were like, yeah, come hang out with me. We'll have some beers and watch a comedy show. And then you, we just had like life advice. And I left that and was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> I'm going to go for my dreams. I'm going to go for it. And it's scary, man. It is. There are times when I'm like, what am I doing? What yeah. am I doing? I left a safe job. This is hard. Am I going to be able to do it? And you know what? That's when you find out when people sink or swim because it is hard. Yeah. It's hard yeah, everyone, to be a boss. It is hard. Yeah. Because who are you going to yell at? When mm -hmm. something doesn't go right, the only person you can blame is yourself. And if you're not a very good manager, then, oh. Um, oh. you know. <laughs> you ever see that? Uh, I don't know if you were an avid SpongeBob watcher like I was. Um, I wasn't, but I am now because of my daughter. 
have you ever seen there was a scene where he forgets his name and it's all the little spongebobs in his head running around like an office oh my god that it's it's like when when my business is going bad it's like finance is yelling at creative and creative is yelling at new management because they're not doing their job and they can't move forward and everybody's screaming at each other <laughs> you know what i'm saying <laughs> And then everyone's like, why did you eat an edible and just go to bed? I'm like, because I didn't know what else to do, okay? <laughs> I didn't know how, I, I couldn't cope with it. So I went to sleep. Yeah, it happens. I yeah. mean, and, and I think we have to remember too, that the nice thing about working for yourself is that you can take an edible and go to sleep. Like it's yeah. okay. And because think about how many people are at office jobs and do dick all week. Like they do oh. nothing. Yeah. And, or they get, I mean, probably this is changing in COVID and people are more like, accountable to their time but just sitting sitting at an office it's like how much actual work are you doing during that work day no, i'd be on facebook thing because you're you're like you're clocked in yeah you're 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 literally scrolling facebook and then when your boss walks by you're like oh shit look busy are you just you like get that one thing done just to get yeah. it done and like as an entrepreneur it's like okay i got that done what else yeah and it's it's weird because it's sometimes when it's you're a life coach, so maybe you can help me with this. I feel like sometimes it's hard for me to consider it an actual job because you're having so much fun doing it. Mm. And it's hard to register in your head like, oh, yeah, I'm working. It's hard to make it seem like, am I just having fun and like wasting hobby, like wasting on a hobby and dicking around because I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, I, I actually, then, I have the same thing where if it's, um, it's like when it's fun and easy, it doesn't count. Yeah. So, uh, which is just a context, like it's just a, a view of life that doesn't really work because yeah. it, it's it's a, like a form of self-sabotage because then when things are going well, you don't take it in and you just focus on what's not working all the time mm-hmm. as a way to like whip yourself into, I don't know. <laughs> work mode. Work, <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and actually I read this book by uh, this author, Gay Hendricks. It's called The Big Leap. <sighs> Highly recommend this book. Um, it's a quick read too, but it's about, uh, what he calls an upper limit problem that all human beings have where we can only have a certain amount of good before we start to kind of panic and sabotage it. And it's actually a survival instinct because, you know, back when we actually had to worry about being eaten by tigers, (laughs) we needed to be on alert and paying attention and like worrying about something at all times, because otherwise you could get eaten. And so that's how we function. We're like, oh, I, I need to make sure that I'm on edge. I need to make sure like something's wrong or something's bad so that I don't die. And it's yeah. just being oriented toward not dying rather than being oriented toward living. Got it. I mean, I feel like, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's also just like, you know, growing up and having other people's voices in your head and learning to drown those out and focus and just tell yourself, it's okay. I'm going to be okay. Because there's a, there are th- a million things that are always going to go wrong. But I just live in that carefree mantra that it'll all work out okay. And maybe that's not the best thing to do, but it always does work my out. My, my, yeah. I have this thing on my wall in my office that says, and it's, it's something my coach said to me when uh, there was this period of time where Justin had a really high paying job and then he got laid off mm-hmm. and, and, I, and he wasn't an employee. He was an independent contractor. So it was like effective immediately, no more paychecks. Oh my God. He was making like 185000 at that job. Uh, and we had just moved into a high rise in that just got me so horny (laughs) (laughs) you did $185,000 and I went oh my god self-taught didn't go to college also Uh, (laughs) that's my husband and uh 
I gotta, I, I gotta have him on to discuss all of that and how he created that. But, um, but yeah, he got, he lost that job effective immediately. And we had just moved into this really expensive apartment in Brooklyn, mm. like doorman apartment, most expensive place we ever lived. Yeah. Wow. Awful. So we just had nothing all of a sudden. And, um, and I was on the phone with my coach right after it happened, just kind of freaking out. And, uh, she said two things to me. One was everything works out. Even when it doesn't, it works out. Wow. Yeah. Sometimes things don't work out to make room for better things that you don't even know about. Yet. Exactly. Yeah. But, but it's hard to hold that as a truth. It's hard to hold that vision uh, when yeah. you know, everything around you is swirling and feels like you're being given a shit sandwich. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it- go ahead. No, no, no. It's it's completely right. But I feel like it's just after time you realize like at the moment, sometimes things suck. And then a year later, you'll get an opportunity and you'll realize, oh my God, if X, Y, and Z didn't happen, this amazing thing would have never happened. Yep. And sometimes even if it's not as good, it's just like things good will still come. There's not a one like end all be all in right. life. You know what I mean? Well, it happens, that, whether that... it's a person or a job or ever. And it's like, that's not even the point. The, the thing that you get isn't the point. It's the, the learning or whatever that you get on the way to it was yeah. the not the actual physical result. Like you could just say forever, I want this result and then find out that's not actually what you want. You want an experience. And all of these trials and tribulations gave you the experience that you were looking for. Yeah, absolutely. I listen, like I said, with this show, it got canceled and it sucks. But if there was a season two, I probably wouldn't still be friends with these kids because they ruin relationships. And what I got out of that was I have the four best friends I've ever had in my entire life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So that's more value, valuable to me than a season two, three, four, five, you know, X, Y, and Z. And you get to say Lindsay Lohan fired you. I got to say that Lindsay Lohan told me no second chances and told me that I was unacceptable. I so can't. <laughs> like, I was like, what was that thing on TikTok? Like, you think you can hurt me? Yeah, you think you can hurt me? I got called unprofessional by Lindsay Lohan on global television. <laughs> What are you going to say to me next? <laughs> Even though I will say, you know what it did give me? People have like, they don't really know who I am, but they know of me. Like I've heard that Lucas Cruikshank and even Grace and Mamrie talked about me on their podcast. Mm-hmm. They didn't say my name. Right. They said Mike, they said Mike Breadbutt or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, great. It, it only took 10 years and for me to get fired on a uh, on a global TV show by Lindsay Lohan to be somewhat recognizable to these two people—it's <laughs> amazing. That's hysterical. Yeah, oh my god! Oh, so so here's the other thing. This is deep. This is some deep okay. shit. Give it to me. So, on that phone call with my coach, she was like, "You're always just as close to having everything that you want to having everything go completely wrong." Don't ever say that to me while I'm stoned. Don't ever. <laughs> it's really freaking out, Wait, right? Explain that to me in, in, so, in more depth. So I can... The way I understand this is like the way that we look at stuff determines how it is, right? So if my husband loses his job and all this stuff starts to happen, I adopt the mindset of see, nothing ever works out for me. Look how terrible everything is going. Maybe we shouldn't even be married. Like, like I could just go. Yeah. You could plan it. I could choose this is happening for some reason. I'm gonna decide what that reason is. And then I'm gonna go create my life yes. in that narrative. Like yes. I'm the main character of a novel and I'm deciding how the story goes, not 
you know, um, and she was basically, I think she was just pointing out this, this truth that I, I feel in my body that um, however you decide it's going to go is going to inform your next action. So Ooh. if I decide it's going to go bad, that's going to inform my next action or inaction. Well, that's putting things out into the universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, like, don't even put that into the universe. Only put good things out. If you say it'll happen, whether you want that job, whether you want to meet that right person or whatever, it's the energy you put out. It really does come back to you. I do believe that 100%. Yeah. Because also like on a very, on a very like tactical, non-magical seeming level, it determines what action you take or not. Yeah. It says it puts you in the right mind space. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so you're, it's not like some of it's really woo-woo and then some of it's like, no, this is just like basic common sense. Yeah. And you know what? Sometimes that good energy is just taking an edible and going to fuck to sleep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and then empowering that, saying like, yeah, that was the right choice for me in this moment. That's what yeah. I needed. And not spending a lot of time analyzing whether it was good or not. Because that mm-hmm. also is a huge fucking yeah. suck. Absolutely. Because you know what? You can try to power through shit, but if you're like, if you're mentally dead, you're going to produce like shitty content Crap work. Yeah. I can yeah. feel it. I feel when, when I haven't slept, usually that's the worst is when my mm-hmm. content is just lackluster. What do you think about, I, I would love your opinion on this as somebody who's like content that I've always like enjoyed and stuff like that. What do you think about the content that exists now? Because I feel like a platform like YouTube and all the new things there, it's so different from like five, even for just like five years ago. Do you, what do you think about the way it's going? Is it something that you enjoy? Do you think it's a reason why a lot of creators like don't want to create anymore and don't want to be a part of it? Do you think the the vibe has changed? Oh, the vibe has definitely changed. It's because everything's been commodified. Like, um, and I don't, I don't really watch YouTube. Is the mm. thing at all? I mean, yeah, honestly, Mike, I used I to. I didn't really when when I was doing it either. I wasn't a okay. consumer. I was like. And that's, I think that's also what separated me and Grace because she started to watch everyone and do collabs and like really get into the community. And I was like, yeah, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. But it was, that was mostly self-sabotage. I just like, I didn't want to invest in myself that much. I didn't want to believe in myself that much. Whereas she was like, I'm just going to get into a relationship with everybody and, and start collabing all over the place. And that's how you, back then, at least that was how you did it. Um, yeah. So now it's like, I feel like there's just a way it goes now. And so I don't like that. And I, I typically will move away from that. Anything that seems like, here's the way we're all doing it. I'm like, mm, nope, uh-huh. I'm going to go yeah. find what the next thing is because <clears throat> I don't like being just like everyone else. And I it really got it the time that I, I made a vlog after not making one for years. And in the comments, people were like, you're copying Grace Helbig. And I was like, are you kidding? I, <laughs> I thought Grace Helbig had an edit. Like, we, what? <laughs> <laughs> in college I, I was the editor and like I, yeah. I showed her stuff and then we created stuff together and we developed a style together for how to edit vlogs so mm-hmm. I made that up I'm mm-hmm. not copying but I recognized really quickly that like I could be shouting that from the rooftops and it's like being it's like being a, a bitter child actor that nobody remembers and they're like I was here before all of you you don't even know I know well, like I feel I'm like you've I know you kind of, you varied it to more like of an artistical aspect, artistical, artistic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, testicle? No, uh, art- artistic <laughs> aspect. Because I remember in the beginning you would vlog a lot and then I know you moved a lot towards covers. I remember being like obsessed with your Let It Go cover for like the longest time. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, that's everything. Um, but, more Disney. Yeah. Day. I feel like now a lot, one of the questions I get, they're like, 
why don't you they do like collaborations with other YouTubers and why don't you uh you know go to all the YouTuber parties and stuff like that I'm like I'm just I am I don't feel like it's genuine I feel like whenever I try to make a connection with a YouTuber I'm always in my head thinking oh my god do they think I want something from them or like you know I mean is it going to be that kind of relationship it's so hard um, it is and I don't trust any I so it, whether it's MTV people because they will literally the other, other they, content creators Oh, oh my God. Even the reality TV people, they will literally try to have sex with you and fake a relationship just so they could have a storyline to get casted bricks on the beach. Wow. And they will mentally screw with you just for a paycheck. And then I'm like, I don't want to do that at all. Like, I'm not trying. I can't, I couldn't fake something even for a paycheck. I'm not an actor at all. Yeah. And even with like YouTube, I'm not like all these drama T channels. Listen, I am messy and I drink a lot. I don't need anybody screenshot in my text threads. Yeah. And tell, that's why in every video, I'm like, I'm not a role model. Sometimes I'm not a very good person. And I'm not trying to say I'm anything else. I'm a person with flaws. And if you want to highlight them, go ahead. But just know this is me going on record and saying, never claim to be an angel, ever. <laughs> I love <laughs> it. I, mean? I love the freedom in that. Yeah, you know? it is. That's why if someone like ever tried to cancel me, I'd be like, oh, yeah, 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 I, I did that. myself. I mean. <laughs> cancel me. Yeah, I said it first. It's like that. It's like it's like living an Eminem lyric. Let me tell you every bad thing about me, and that's what I did. Whenever the second I heard I was going to be on a reality TV show, I said, "Okay, I'm going to go on this, and I'm going to tell all my deep dark secrets. I'm going to like admit to like every bad thing I could have ever done because I don't want anyone else to be able to tell that story. If I if those bad things are going to come out, I'm going to be the one to out tell of your it. mouth. Yeah, yeah. So like, if somebody wants to say, "Oh yeah, Michael Michael had like a drug problem when he was a kid," I'm like, "Yeah." I made nine videos about it. <laughs> what else you want to talk? Like, well, let's all talk. Let's talk about X, Y. Like, you know what I mean? There's no one, nothing anybody can say about me now that's negative that I haven't already told from my own light. If that makes okay. sense. Yeah. Do you ever get like um, just stuck and unable to get motivated to make anything? Yes, I feel like that's part of the whole like not really liking the the content that exists. Mm -hmm. because it used to be I used to watch other people to get inspired to make things Got that it. was a, a big thing of my creative process but now I'm on a whole journey as a 28 year old man still trying to you know do internet stuff just because it makes me happy and I'm like if it's not making me happy then why am I doing it yes I have that too like if, if I make a video and I was doing it because like it was like a, what you're saying like a tag video like it's the thing everyone's doing so I did one and then I'm like I don't really like this yeah I'll I don't want to do that I delete yeah. it Oh, absolutely. So now I'm doing on a whole journey where I'm like, what is, I'll get stoned and I'll think of the wackiest thing that I think would just be fun. And sometimes they're not fun, but yeah. like, I think it's going to be fun. And that's my video. And I'm like, what can I do that will bring me back some serotonin? Yeah. And the other day, I literally, that was, I, I bought a Ronald McDonald costume on Amazon and then I bought $50 with McDonald's and I, that was my video. <laughs> Oh my God. And like, that's the shit. Or like, what's something weird that I can do that will just make me happy for the next hour? Yeah. And then that's how I come up with my video ideas. I'm like, and some people will be like, that's dumb. That's not going to do well. I'm like, I don't care. The and second that, you start you making never, content for views, it sucks. Though. But you never know though. Because yeah. I feel like all of the trends get caused by someone doing something that no one's ever done before. And then everyone going, oh my God, I want to do that. Mm -hmm. So, And it's scary to be the first one to do something. Of course, because it could be really bad. But you know what? You could even follow the trends and it still sucks. If it's not something you want to do, people see that. People feel that. Right. 
right for the longest time i tried to be somebody like um, somebody else or like be like a creator it doesn't work right because you're not tapping in then to like the creative energy in the world you're tapping into uh i don't know pandering you're exactly sorry i just wanted to check keep getting these alerts from my grandmother who's having a heart attack (laughs) she's like are you right no, no, no. She's just so afraid of this current coronavirus. Like, Did you get your coronavirus test? Did you get tested? Did you get tested? Because she wants to see us for uh, Christmas, but she's scared. Right. That's and tough. I, I know. I, I didn't even want to travel home. And everybody's like yelling at me on Twitter. They're like, you're so irresponsible. And I was like, listen, my mom demanded I come home. And I am more afraid of my four foot Italian mother than any of you trolls online. <laughs> And you know, that's a good one. You know what, Michelle? I hope your daughter says the same thing. You know what? Cancel me. I traveled during a pandemic. I know it's irresponsible. I didn't want to do it, but I'm terrified of my mom. Okay. <laughs> I'm an adult. That's why. And you know what? That's, she's tough, man. I love that relationship. She, was, she will literally look at me. She goes, you will be a 50-year-old man. She goes, I don't care how big and muscular you get. I will always kick your ass. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, you I love me you. all about her too. When we used to hang out, you'd tell me about your mom. And I'm like, oh. I, I don't come from that sort of family. So I'm, like, <laughs> I'm just like, tell me more. Oh, Michelle, you will love it too. I can't wait to put her in more videos because she always never wants to be in videos, ever. She hates looking at her own stuff. She doesn't think, she'll always be like, I'm not pretty. I'm like, you're beautiful. Mm, all the comments are nice. But then the videos do well. Or like the TikTok she does and will randomly do well. Do. It's great to see your dynamic. She'll get so, because she'll say she hates it, but she loves it. Of course, of course she does. Can you send it to me? (laughs) Tracy from accounting wants to watch. (laughs) I told all my friends at work I'm TikTok famous. She should. (laughs) She is. I was like, I love it. I love you. I just feel feel like you being like, you're you're ruining my vibe. Could you just, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want an amethyst crystal making fun of everybody from LA? (laughs) I have crystals, bitch. Don't come at me. Listen, Liz, do you have crystals? What crystals do you have? I have a lot of crystals. Um, I actually, I, last last time I recorded, I brought them with me, but I left them home today. What crystal could you recommend for me? Um, I think you need some selenite. <gasps> Did you watch Steven Universe? Nope. Oh my God. Okay. Okay. Steven Universe, great show, even for adults. Especially maybe you, your actually, daughter would probably love it too parent friends that tell me to watch it and I just haven't yet so good so freaking good it's it's one of my guilty pleasures what is your like your guilty pleasure show to watch oh okay so it's not a show I like to watch bad chick flicks like ones that I know are going to be bad so that I just verbally rip them apart while like I just yell at the television about, yes. about the cinematic choices, about the acting choices, about the writing choices. I love ripping apart bad okay. chick flicks. Like they're painful to watch, but I really like the part where like I'll sit, I'll get Justin to watch it with me. And we just discuss why it's wrong and bad and what they did wrong. Tell me the main actress in every single one of them. And also why is it Cameron Diaz? <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. I just watched The Holiday yesterday. <laughs> Yes, she is my Nicolas Cage. <laughs> you know, I haven't watched too many with her, but I, I, whenever I watch The Holiday, I'm just like, like, okay, Jack Black, okay, 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 yes. let's let's do this. Like, you're a little nervous, you're a little uncomfortable being this guy, but you also got it, and I'm down. Yes, um, 
Kate Winslet is fucking immaculate and um, I love Jude Law and Cameron Diaz. I'm just like, uh, did so was there a director? Ah, <laughs> uh, that was I have no idea. That what? I've was direction given. There are just some actors that play themselves and she's one of them. She's just herself in every role. Yeah, and I don't have a lot to compare it to because I haven't watched a lot of other movies with her in it. But mm-hmm. um, but I was just observing her delivery of a lot. And I don't know that I would do any better. I'm not like a great fucking actress, but- Oh yeah, we ain't claiming to be- I think I'm a pretty good director. Um, so I'm, I'm more, when I watch it, I'm, I'm less concerned about her and her acting ability and more concerned with who was directing this and what did they actually say to her? Yes. And how did they work with her or not? Because she doesn't seem to embody the, the meaning behind the words a lot of the time. And I actually think, <laughs> and actually what I was thinking yesterday is she can do better than that. This director sucks. Yeah. I, I don't Push know it. who directed that movie. But <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, I, statements pretty, were made. I'm like, Look I've the material. seen her lines better than that. I have seen it. And I know from, from acting a little bit that you could do five takes and they're all completely different. Mm-hmm. And, it, and like you nail it, just like you could sing a song and like nail it once and then do it, like completely fuck it up another time. Acting is the same way. Like you just, yes. you just fuck it up. Like, oh, you weren't, you weren't in the mindset when you said that. And so it came out like you were reading or it came out just with the wrong motivation behind it or, or something like that. So anyway, I, I really like to nerd out about I love it. I love it. I feel like I feel like my guilty pleasure is all the housewives. See, I haven't really I haven't gotten into those um, mostly because any um, I, I don't watch a lot of reality TV, actually, Mike, because and I didn't watch the show that you're on. Uh, and I I, listen, neither did I. <laughs> <laughs> I was on that shit. It sucked. First of all, the editing drives me absolutely up the fucking wall. Because oh, yeah. I can tell when they've strung sentences together. I'm someone who has cut out the spaces and the ums and created sentences out of nothing, mm-hmm. as you know, like from YouTube vlogging. So yeah. I can hear it and it bothers me. And like, it'll be going to go into commercial and then they'll play like a little preview of what happens next. And I'm like, mm, they stole that audio from 10 minutes ago. Didn't you hear that 10 minutes ago? They said that. And they just oh, yeah. here with this. And I can hear all the things that are happening. So it's so distracting. And, oh. and God forbid I watch with my mother-in-law because I ruin every, she's like, you ruin everything. Me and Justin, she's like, stop talking to me. You're ruined. I'm not watching my show around you. Yeah. And it's choppy. They'll literally text us while they're editing and be like, hey, can you send us a voice note of you saying this? A voice note on your phone and we text it to them. And they put that in a TV show. Yeah. I mean, I hear that. I I didn't think that that was, wow. Yeah. They will cut to, like, there was a scene I remember where Lindsay was supposed to be talking to me. And you know she's not actually talking to me because I'm in the background blurred out in the shot. I'm like, she's, what is happening? There's no continuity. And they can't see. So, I mean, unless you know, you don't know. Oh, it's, that's why it ruins the magic for you. Yeah, it ruins the magic. And then also listening to people fight gives me anxiety. Oh, I love it. I can't do it. See, I love to be one of those people that says, I'm not here for the drama, but I'm always <laughs> here for the drama. You know what I mean? I'm the, one, I'm the one that creates the drama, but it doesn't have to do anything to do with me. So like, I'll create it and then watch it happen. Amazing. That's what I would love to do. Like I would see these two people like coupling up on the show. And this is why I felt like I was good at the job because I would walk over and be like, I called you a bitch last night. And he said, you sounded like a dog in bed. Have fun. Oh my God. And then I'd watch them fight and I would just be eating chips. Like, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> Your producer's dream. Like, oh my God, seriously. yeah. Except that, you know, they, they let you go because they're fools. Fools. 
fools. At least I, you know what? Whenever I got in a fight, I know how to do the job because I was like, how? I want Twitter on my side. So who can I fight with where no matter what I say, Twitter will be on my side? Smart. I was like, who's That's the mean one here? I'm going to fight you. You know, what? here's the thing about, you know, I was talking to you earlier about uh, selling my mini microphones and you're like, I don't know anything about how to do that. The thing is you, the stuff that you know, because of what you've done is the mm. most important stuff. Like in oh, thank my, you. but I'm, I'm telling you, like if you were to make a pivot and go more into some intentional money-making, you know, businessy type thing, um, I think you would find that a lot of your core skill sets come in very handy and they're things that you can't teach people. So yeah. like a lot of my, my intuitive ability is, uh, is really making my investment in marketing consultants uh, exponential mm-hmm. because there's stuff that they don't have to teach me. Yeah, they, absolutely. They have to spend time teaching someone else. And it's like, well, okay, I guess I do have a certain business savvy that I, I don't even recognize I have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I do the same thing in, in my business. Cause one thing I do is like I produce content for social media platforms to give either people, brands, products, something. Um, I try to grow their social to make it a marketing platform for them. Right. Mm-hmm. So there would be like a designer that makes a lot of content for maybe like drag queens or like famous celebrities or whatever. So I can bring people in. And one thing I know is I know what questions to ask them. So I, cause I know how I'm going to edit it. And they like one of that, that skill is literally, you know, you could have anybody in front of you, but you could know what to ask them right. and make them interesting. You know what I mean? And that is a skill. But I didn't even have to ask you. And I already have three clips planned on a little board. Uh, 15 minutes in, you mentioned the thing about Lindsay Lohan. That's going to be a clip. Uh, At 20 minutes in, you mentioned Good Morning America. That's going to be a clip. (laughs) These are things that if people hear it, they're like, oh, he was on Good Morning America. I will listen to the podcast episode now. So like we're just, (laughs) you know, like we're baiting people. It's like the clickbait thing because uh, the the internet is so freaking saturated that you have to be in some, you have to be like interesting in 30 seconds. Uh, Yeah, because people don't have long, people's attention span is scientifically shorter than a duck. Yes. I learned that. <laughs> I've heard yeah. that. Um, I also, safety nets don't exist. You have to go for what makes you happy. You give a little impassioned speech. So that'll be a third clip. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Good morning, America. Just be like, I lied on good morning, America to the world. Yeah. I lied. And there's just a clip of me doing it. <laughs> oh man, the cut to good morning, America. That's such a good idea. See, this is great. Cause we can content create. I don't have to be doing it in the back of my mind. Oh, absolutely. Cause you know, it's just all, it's like, providing an experience for people like on the one hand it's clickbait or it's um it's like tricking someone into but it's clickbait. real clickbait but it's real clickbait yeah like there actually is something behind it and mm. i'm i'm i look at it i feel more like i'm just helping people direct their attention somewhere that's going to be enjoyable to them you are you are i mean because it's always what you like you said you started the stuff uh first you've been doing this before the internet you were doing this before the internet was over like well i mean it was still oversaturated it's not like you were doing this in the Stone Ages. You were. <laughs> 2007 does seem like the technological Stone Age, though. It's like early YouTube-ish. Yeah. You know what I mean? I feel like it. I feel like when you and Grace started making content, that was like the second wave of YouTube influencers. It was the wave because um, uh, Mimi Molly was already a thing. Um, Fred. <laughs> Fred was already a thing. Smosh was already a thing. Chris Crocker. Uh, yep. Mm-hmm. Play him off keyboard cat. Like there, there all these things were already happening and we kind of came in and we were um was was it caitlin hill also there there was like just a a handful of um of vloggers 
Yeah. Who, I mean, that wasn't a word yet, really. Because well, it wasn't cool yet. And that's what makes me sad. I was, I said this in one of my recent videos. I was like, you know what I miss? I miss that. I miss the YouTube that was for the weird kids. Mm. Like I miss, cause like the, it, back in that day, it wasn't like cool to make YouTube videos. Right. It wasn't, it wasn't seen as like, I would watch them in secret. I wouldn't tell anybody. No, we kind of got made fun of. Yeah, I got made fun of all the time. In the comedy community in New York, like not everybody, there were a few. I remember Mamrie in particular when we when we met her, like just being like, "Oh, oh yeah, how are your YouTube videos going?" and like being interested in that. And then you know, Grace started to produce "You Deserve a Drink" and all that stuff happened. But like, she was one of the only people we were encountering at first, just at first. Yeah. You know, I'm not sliming my comedy friends that all you know may listen to this. And like, really, no. it, it was. Hey, more listen, like, all my friends did the same thing. It was a disinterest. Yeah, it was, it was just, it, it seems silly. Yeah, what are you doing? Oh, you do yeah. all the, like internet video, right? Like it was just an, un, it was such an unknown that people didn't know how to talk to us about it. Mm -hmm. And then they started being like, I like it. I like the, the stuff you're doing. Yeah. Like, yeah, because then they'd watch it and they'd be like, it's funny. Yeah, like how, yeah. Like, what, are you, what are you doing? And I mean, and we were hanging out, having fun and making stupid shit that made each other laugh. Yeah, it was, it was a place for weird kids to go and meet other people weird people with similar interests and not feel so alone being weird right. that's what I liked about it yeah. and because it was so different it was like an escape from my day-to-day -day life I'm like you mean you guys like this too I don't know you in real life but that's so cool and I, I miss that I feel bad that kids don't really have that nowadays because it's just always but like it's it's like the pretty people took it over it's just like another way for pretty people to be pretty <laughs> <laughs> like yeah, listen pretty, it took pretty, a long time for me to grow into this face okay <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! Oh, there's there's such high production value now. I remember when oh, like that was such teams. a flex. It was yeah. such a fucking flex to have a DSLR camera. Oh my god! You used to do webcam because you yeah. couldn't afford a DSLR. No, Grace and I use webcams. Absolutely. What else were you gonna use? And it was iMovie. It was free stuff. Mm -hmm. Oh, I had Final Cut, but I had a you know I I stole it. I know. Oh, same. Yeah, I yeah, pi I pirate that stuff. That was the first thing I learned in college. Yeah, I learned how to pirate. Uh, I have, a, I still have a Broken Stones account. Uh, my, my username. Oh, I shouldn't say this. Okay, yeah, that's what. Uh, careful, don't give it to our wife. It, it, I, it's, I got lucky with my username. We'll say that um, because not a lot of people had them. Yeah, I could. I, I, oh. What was your screen name? Um, when? <laughs> what was your first screen name? My first screen name. Hmm. I know uh, probably my dad made it for me because he built my computer and I had a computer before even all the rich kids I grew up with because my dad built it. Um, but it probably had mush in it because mush was my, the, mush is and was what my dad called me. Mm -hmm. Michelle, mish, mush. So mush, mushy. He probably made something with mush in it. Um, I do remember having multiple different ones with smush in it, though, because that was my nickname. That's my my smush 21 is my music channel. And uh -huh. smush is what my album is going to come out as. I'm not doing Michelle Egan or Michelle Vargas. I'm doing smush. I love that. I love that. Keep it, keep, keep it continuous. Yeah, keep it smush. Um, my my, my <laughs> IGTV is smush sings and I have like a series. So I've just kept the name. I'm not. I'm not fucking with it. Which I love it happened you... because I was mush, and then my sister <laughs> accidentally called me smush one day. <laughs> and she spoke and said smush, and I said smush, and she was like, "Yeah, smush." And now, 
like everyone in college called me that. Uh, my professors called me that. I wrote it on my tests. And my nieces and nephews call me Aunt Smushy. I love that. See, that's such a nice, wholesome story, and mine is so not. <laughs> oh, give us the dirty one. Let's go. It wasn't even dirty. My dad made mine too. It was, and it was Mike Likes Girls. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, and girls was spelt wrong. It For was spelled G G R L S. But that's like the cool way to spell it. I'm like, you set me up for failure. You really did. <laughs> Mike likes girls. Mike likes girls. It should have been sometimes. <laughs> sometimes. S-E-N-T-I-M-S. Yes. Yes. See, that's what I wanted. You oh, need that.com. Mike, like, Mike likes girls sometimes. Mike likes girls. That's my OG YouTube name. Look it up. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> It's but just me I, with a straight bro character. <laughs> I definitely had XXX smush XXX once for an a aim screen name because I was like, uh, I'm I'm cool. I definitely had like I'm cool yeah. sex and like different like however much you you could actually oh. do that as a kid. I was oh, thinking Uvu that off the chain. I was on Uvu doing crazy shit. We even got to go What's there. Uvu? What's Uvu? Uvu was like one of the first like FaceTiming things online. It was like video chat. I've never heard of that. Listen, it wasn't a safe time. It was when back when Michael was being very, very sketchy, but I used to meet people <laughs> in chat rooms and go on Uvu. I definitely, I definitely had like someone preying on me on, uh, on AIM or in an AOL chat room at some point where I like, I didn't, I mean, I only had, I only had a photo of myself oh my God. on a computer. I only had one photo of myself on a computer. Really? And it was very small res. And uh, it was just, a, it wasn't like a, like, not like a nudie picture. I was just like, but still, yeah, a picture of me. And I remember the guy asking me for a picture and I sent it to him. And I, he said some stuff that I, I'm, I'm sure was inappropriate. And he probably was not the ASL that he told me he was. <laughs> yes. And, you know, age, sex, location for all of you. Oh my God. Who don't speak that. All of you don't speak that. Yeah. That'll be the title of my autobiography. ASL. ASL. I think that's cool. <laughs> Do it soon. Yes. You can write a memoir, Mike. Memoir doesn't have to be your entire life encapsulated. I found this is like any writers are like, what are you talking about, little girl? Like, of course, that's not the case. But I always thought memoir had to be this like massive, here's my entire autobiography. And yeah. I learned that it's more like, here's a story about mm -hmm. my life. And you could have multiple memoirs that well, are, yeah. you know, a, a, a vignette of something oh, well, in your life. If I could write, I would. I always say like it would, if I ever had like a project where someone was like, write a book, I would definitely write about like this is the time of like, where it was like unsafe to be like a queer kid. So like you would go out to like a place like New York City and the good and bad that, you know, gets wrapped up in that. Yeah. I would like to write, love to write a story about that. And ASL would be a perfect title for it. Would be. I'm just not a good writer. I don't know how to start a story like that. That's weird. I, I probably need a ghostwriter. But I feel like that that is that is that would be my goal. I feel like I just I don't know. It's weird. I just have this over like this idea that no one wants to read it. It's oh, same thing when I make a YouTube video. Like I make a video and I I put it out and I forget that people actually watch. Well, yeah, yeah, you know because I mean? people are lurkers and they don't tell you. Yeah, like I'll come home and I'll be like, "Yo, I saw that video you did." I'm like, Wait, "What? You used to make fun of me for making my videos. What are you talking about? <laughs> you watch that shit?" Like, oh God. You're, you're so incorrect it's ridiculous like there's people listening to this right now who are like i would i would read that yeah i mean i literally have 
I I didn't know how MTV was finding out all the shit I was talking, and then I looked and I saw that they were subscribed to my channel, and I said, "Oh no!" Oh. <laughs> oh, I literally have a cardboard cutout of Lindsay Lohan in my house. You do. She guards the liquor cabinet. Yeah, I was really into her album, the first album. The rumors. Yeah. Yeah, me too. I know every song. Do you, Do you really? I do. Okay. Do you like rumors more or bossy? Um. Wait. Was that from the, that album, Bossy? Bossy, I think, was on the album. No, maybe not. The two I albums, could be fair. and I only listened she, to the first one. She has two albums. She does she does? But like, let's be honest. Rumors is a banger. Rumors and, is a banger. Hold on, I'm looking at this. So her album, Speak. Um, yeah. Speak, come on and let it out, baby. Me. Hey, that sounds better than anything she could produce. My favorite is this song called Something I Never Had. I want to hold on, but it hurts so bad. And I can't keep something that I never had. Oh my God. I don't know if I like it because you're singing it though. It's good. <laughs> oh, the first lines are so angsty. It's you don't see me. You don't feel me like I feel you. Hang on. I have no rights to do this, but I'm going to play it. <laughs> do it all. Give it to me. Do you see me? Do you feel me like I feel you? Call your number. I cannot get through. Why is it good? So good. Wait, hold on. It gets better. Hold on, hold on. Give it to me. that makes me sad how she was so talented and the thing is she is really nice i talk a lot of shit about Lindsay. she wasn't mean she was actually really cool she just didn't make any sense ever <laughs> and i feel like it's not her fault it's not her fault she's she you know what i mean it's like ugh, i don't know i feel my my dad was really happy because she talked about me on howard stern oh really but she made up she was like yeah there's she's like howard stern asked her is there anyone that sticks out to you and she goes yeah this there's this kid, Mike, uh, and he's like, you know, bisexual and the kids kind of like give him hell. So I, I stand up for him a lot, which Aww. was really cool that she said that. But also at the same time, no, she didn't. <laughs> <laughs> like she didn't. And I, <laughs> she remembers this inaccurately. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I mean, maybe she did behind the scenes and I don't know. I mean, every time I saw her, she was a pleasure, but she just didn't make sense. Mm. Like we found out the show wasn't having a season two because she sold the beach club and didn't tell anybody. <laughs> wow. So I'm just angsty. She owes me money. I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love her though. I did like her. She was nice. She was never mean. She just didn't make sense ever. I mean, so. I obviously I had I had posters in my in my room uh, <gasps> in college. Lindsay Lohan or Hillary Duff? Lindsay Lohan. Love that. I was never super into Hillary Duff. My friend Jocelyn always like references Hillary Duff to me, and I'm like, I sorry, I missed that boat. I was on the Lindsay really? train. Mm-hmm. 
I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. I, I see. I liked Lindsay Lohan movies. I loved Mean Girls and Freaky okay. Friday. I don't see. I know I've seen it. I don't remember Parent Trap. So I watched the original Parent Trap all growing up, and I could okay. recite the movie to you. And okay. then the new one came out, and I was like, this one's good too. There's a new one? Well, the one with Lindsay Lohan is the new one. Oh, oh. You know, it's a remake? Oh, it's a remake. <sighs> I didn't it know that. be a remake of a remake. I can't remember, but like the uh, the original <laughs> one with Haley Mills. Shout out Haley Mills. Is Haley Mills alive? Let's see. This is an old movie. <laughs> God, is she alive? <laughs> I don't know. I have no <laughs> idea how old that Paratrap movie is. <laughs> Haley Mills. Mm. She's 74. She's alive. <gasps> oh my God. It's okay. Haley Mills. I mean, she was amazing. The the for the original Parent Trap is it holds up. It's from 1961. So there you go. I'm so, gonna watch it. I need to rewatch it. Oh my gosh, go back and watch that one. And then yeah, the the freaking um, the remake with Lindsay Lohan is fantastic. It also yeah. holds up really well. And I do love Mean Girls. I will say, same. Even though they didn't remember much of the lines, and I was very upset about that. What do you mean? Like the girls and guys on the show didn't watch any Lindsay Lohan movies. So I was like, I was dropping Mean Girls lines the whole time because I was the queer. So I was like, I'm going to do it. Like when they fired me, I was like storming out of the house and like any last words. And I was like, if anybody asks, tell them Lindsay pushed me in front of a bus. No one laughed. No one, not even a chuckle. And I was like, that was gold. Uh, Yeah. Isn't it weird when you're like, you're somewhere like that where you I guess this is what you're saying like you're the funny one but like you get all the references and you know all the things and no one understands you but you no. know that there's this like massive group of people that would all I be get it. yeah yeah because I like I will say all the time like I think that was funny and everybody all my friends why I love them they're like that wasn't funny like they don't think I'm funny <laughs> like, they just don't hate your references you guys don't get my humor that's like, probably I'll talk the, about like the, internet stuff best thing about being around my siblings is that we all used to recite movies together like it was like a contest who could do it the most accurately so whenever anyone's like michelle how do you memorize all these tiktoks and how do you how do you lip dub so accurately i'm like it was for survival we had to be <laughs> accurate occasionally my mom would even jump in and be like and, and like do something but like we would do speeches from different movies uh for each other first thing that pops into my head is like Ferris Bueller uh, and doing like Cameron's speech about his dad. I'm not yes. gonna sit on my ass. <laughs> you know, that like, there's so many iconic moments in movies and all, if I start any of, I was, I just saw my brother and like, if, if any of us start even a semblance of a line, everyone <laughs> choruses, whatever it is, because that's what we did growing up. I love that. Oh my God, I love that. I don't have any fun stories like that. The only skill I gained in my house was eating fast because if you didn't eat fast, you didn't eat because everyone's Italian. <laughs> That's actually a lot of friends. Ross says, I grew up with Monica. If you didn't oh, eat, shit! you didn't eat. Yes. I didn't even put that together. Oh my God, yeah. That was I'm totally meant I'm to be a reference. Encyclopedia. I love friends. I'm, I'm a fucking encyclopedia. I, need, I, I love that. If you ever come to LA, we'll go to the coffee stop set or whatever. Okay. Or bring me to trivia with you because I once... Maybe this was Harry Potter trivia, but I've done it for both. Mm-hmm. Uh, beat an entire bar in New York City by myself. I was on a. Team you would be a blast. Life. You would be a blast just to go to Universal with. I feel like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I would. I feel like you would be down to go on the kid rides with me. <laughs> oh, of course. I'll do any kind of weird shit. I went to Harry Potter World alone. Really. Hmm. 
You know what's fun that if you ever are in the city, that's like a fun time. There's those like Harry Potter bars where you like do potions to make the cocktails. I've been there. Um, I thought it was fun. I went when uh, the upstairs wasn't open. The upstairs with the potion making wasn't actually open when we went. So we we hung out on the the bottom level, which was also still, it's in the financial district. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the name of the place, but but we had we had great food and and drinks, and they gave us a wand that controls like something. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And like, there's beer taps that are in a tree, and it's very cool. I love it. I love it all. Uh, I, I, I wish did I could trivia do stuff. that was Harry Potter and Friends trivia mixed together. We oh my god, it Harry I love Potter it. And Friends. Um, <laughs> there's actually an Instagram account. My friend Catlin McGrath and I, uh, we met. Uh, where did we meet? Um, I feel like it was like a networking event or something, and then we decided to have a one-on-one like get together. And it was just a day when I had had a really shit day at work, and I was really stressed out. And mm-hmm. she she was like, "Okay, let's not talk about work then. What do you want to talk about?" I was like, "Harry Potter or Friends." And she was like, "I love both. Hit me." And I'm like, "No, no, I'm like a, <laughs> I'm like a freak about both." And she goes, "I'm a freak about both." You're like fucking test me. So we did. So we went questions. <laughs> we just started testing each other, and we both were the same freak. And then in that on that day, we decided we're gonna host trivia in New York City bar trivia that is Harry Potter and Friends, and we did it like four times. Um, and we had people come from out of state to compete. I am obsessed with everything about this. I would love for you to film that. Right? Yeah, let me get an inside of that. Reboot it. <laughs> I have everything on a Google Drive somewhere. All of our questions. We had a category oh, called possible questions because they were so hard. It was like, we didn't even know the answers and we had to look them up oh kind God. of thing. <laughs> yes. But yeah, we, we, we had these five girls came from Boston. They took the bus. So we could... <laughs> do our trivia (laughs) i want to see it i want to see it Uh, i never videoed that but we 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 could we could go back we could do it again she she made memes um she made crossover memes so it would be like the image is from friends but the line is from harry potter i think no i think you've told me this before when was this this? a while ago i think you might have shown me like when we act when we hung out originally you might have like shown me some of these it might have been when we were right in the beginning stages of doing it. Yeah, I think I think we because we were with another friend of ours at the time. Who was it? Who was with us? There was someone else with us. I don't fucking remember. Um, <laughs> there was somebody else with us at the time. I remember, and you were like, because we were all bonding about Harry Potter, friends, and literally just getting wasted <laughs> off like five dollar beers. Yeah, this was all like way before I had a kid. Like that's that's really what did it too. The only reason I stopped it was way before. It was a year before you had a kid. So it was before I had a kid, but that was what stopped me from continually doing these trivia nights because I no longer wanted to go hang out in bars once I got pregnant. Does that happen? I feel like I'm going to be in there with like a baby on the front of me because I feel, I feel like in my timeline, the fact that I'm still single, if I could plan when I wanted to have a baby, which never happens that way, I feel like. But if I could plan when I want to have my baby, I think whether I'm still single or not, I want to have a kid when I'm like 35. Mm. I don't want to be, I don't want to be an old parent, but I also want a kid. Yeah, 35 is great. I'm 35. <laughs> I feel like, yeah, I feel like that'd be amazing. First of all, you look amazing. <laughs> Second of all, I feel like that's a great, I don't know. I feel like that's a good time to have a toddler. And then I don't know. I also think that I, I don't want to be in a bar anymore in my 40s. No, I mean, I grew out of the bar thing earlier than that. And, you know, honestly, it was because I was pregnant and my sense of smell was heightened. So New York City, 
did yeah. not want to be outside in New York City. No, no, you have to really like the smell of urine. Wow, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> you can go down, you could have three different brands of urine down one street and you can smell <laughs> the difference. You, know, you can know what, what ethnicity it was. You'd be like, yes, oh my exactly. God. <laughs> You're like, I know what they had for lunch. <laughs> Exactly. It's so that kind of that kind of killed my desire to like be hanging out in bars. Oh, trust and, me, I got it. And also, obviously, I couldn't drink, and I hadn't developed. Now I don't really drink, Mike, at all. Why not? Oh my um, why not? You should. Now I stopped. Um, I stopped like a year ago when I was on a thirty-day cleanse type of thing, and I felt so much better when I was done, and my stomach was so flat, and yeah. I was so just like clear-headed and. I just felt so great that I, I decided to stop. Um, so are you still there? We lost him. He left, he'll come back. Okay. I'm back. Yay. I just had to go to my computer audio. I'm sorry, my phone died. <laughs> oh, that's why you were, I saw you walking. <laughs> Where are you going? I was like, oh shit. Uh, yeah, so I apologize. No worries. What were we saying? Something about, oh, you asked me why I stopped drinking. Yes. Um, yeah, I just uh, I just started to recognize that when I I would mostly drink bourbon and I just don't like my body doesn't like it. And I think this is something that's developed more over getting older and also mm -hmm. post having a kid. It doesn't feel good to me. Like, do you feel like you just started getting hangovers a lot easier? Because oh, yeah. I feel like that's happening to me now. I mean, like, yeah. And you remember how like I feel I feel like we would get over a hangover or we'd be able to rally day of now, I need like two days. Yeah, it's still like that. So, but, but Mike, my, so my friend Will put out, uh, a he started a brewery. It's mm -hmm. called Twin Lights. It's, it's a New Jersey, now, since you're here, actually you're North, aren't you? I'm Northern yeah. New Jersey. I don't know how far North um, they sell, but <clears throat> you can check their website and try some of his beer while you're here. Um, but I told, I always told him whenever you launch, I'll have a beer, you know, cause I'm not, I'm not like sober, like I'm an alcoholic. I'm just, I'm just not drinking. Yeah. Um, so when he launched, I had a beer and then they started coming out with new flavors like every week. And I was like, okay, well, I'll try another one. But I still, <laughs> um, so I've had a bunch of beer in the last few months because of that. But when I say a bunch, I mean like one every week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that. I feel like beer. I mean, I don't know. Beer's not really my problem. The thing is I used to love tequila. Mm, me too. I still like tequila, mm -hmm. but now yeah. as I'm getting older, my trick is I just get more expensive tequila and my, yeah. my body likes me better for it, but my wallet hates me. Yeah. So that's the other thing. When you stop drinking, you start saving a lot of money. That's see <laughs> during this pandemic, I've saved so much money. I've made more money and I've saved more money because yeah. I would just lose it all. The tip I tell anyone when you're in your twenties is the best tip in the world. Be friend with all the bartenders or become one. Yes. I became a bartender because I'm like, okay, so I can drink while I work. All my friends are going to be here anyway, and I'm going to make a lot of money. Yeah. I thought it was, I found a hack. Right. And then you befriend all the other bartenders. So whenever I would go out in West Hollywood, all my friends work at every bar on the strip. So it's kind of like you can go out and never have to pay for anything because all your drinks- That's a good hack. Mine is to be a hot girl who people buy drinks for. Or be a hot guy in a gay neighborhood. Or that. Or that. <laughs> I mean, if you're a hot girl, you could be more universal. <laughs> I, I universally, I remember being like a few of my male friends, uh, like trying to date in New York and were stressed and struggling because they didn't make a lot of money. And if you could take a girl out, you gotta, you know, like you gotta pay for it. And like, I feel like that's changing now or yeah. the 
expectation isn't is. up that now. Um, but I remember back then just being like, wow, I have it really easy. Cause like I get taken out everywhere. <laughs> and, and if I go to a bar, someone hands me a drink, you know, like oh. I'm, See, how did you guys use, what, what tips can you give me? Because barely anyone ever wants to take me on a date. Usually I'm the one that asks. Yeah. I feel like I give off the more of the energy of the asker of dates. Mm-hmm. But I'll try, I mean, I, if I ever, I don't really do dating apps, but when I do, it's when I'm jogging around like Beverly Hills. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. Someone told me I give off too relaxed energy. This friend of mine named Maurice, she was like, you're too chill. People, I think, look at you like you're, you're too down for something like a one night stand or something like that. She goes, if you hold yourself to a higher regard or expect more, then people will feel like they have to get like push out or give, like, you know, push, pull out all the stops. I feel like I you're know. enjoying this kind of one night standy thing. I was enjoying it, but now, you know, also like I would like to, you know, find something a little more meaningful. Mm. <laughs> well, I mean, you're, but your internet persona is so chaotic. <sighs> I know that's just because I'm more chaotic. So it's yeah, kind of like, like chaotic. I don't know. You got your you got, now you're going to be in a little transition period. It's going to be like growing out your bangs. Like <laughs> where, like, yeah, I've been real chaotic. I've been very like short term, short term relationship. But what I'm actually looking for is this. Yeah, I feel like I'm still chaotic. I'm just a different kind of chaotic. Like even my calm is just like a it's like a creepier form of chaotic. Like I said, instead of like, mean? I'm going to take like 900 shots, it's dressing up like Ronald McDonald and okay, eating okay. a so, shit ton of McDonald's. It's, see, it's shifting and changing and growing now. <laughs> yes, it's still it's chaotic be- and worrisome. But I don't um, know, a few years before you turn 30, I feel like it, you, you're just going to be in the transition now. Yeah. Because a lot of the, the chaotic shit is going to lose its appeal. I could tell you from my experience, like you're like from, I mean, in my in my like heaviest drinking days and I black out. This is another reason that I, I, I decided to stop drinking completely because it doesn't take much and I black out. And I didn't know that not everyone blacks out. I didn't know that. Well, cause not okay, everyone. That's, that's a mistake we learn. You will, I also know where you went to college. Okay. You went to college okay. right down the street from me. Mm-hmm. So I know you guys partied there. <laughs> I, I didn't drink in college. You didn't drink in college? Mm-hmm. <gasps> You just shut me up. You took away everything I was about to say. I didn't drink. I mean, um, I started, the first time I had a drink, I was almost 21. And I was, so it was way later in college. And even when I did after that, I measured my drinks. And I would only have, because my dad drank my whole life. So I, I was like, I will not. You're drink, much more like, strict on it. Alcohol is bad. I, weed is bad. I didn't smoke weed until after college. Oh my God. But it wasn't like empowered. It was like, that's bad and evil and wrong. And I'm not even going to try it. And then I had a, a boyfriend in college who was like, you need to loosen the fuck up. And uh, sat me down. And we were at his parents' house. And he gave me like, oh, it was terrible. It was like vodka and Gatorade while we were playing video games. <laughs> oh, it was hard. That was my first drink. That's, you know, no, that's a perfect first Woo! drink. That's how, your first drink should always be bad. Because then when that's you get terrible. older, you learn to appreciate the good I ones. I never drink vodka. Um, Didn't they, what, I think the Four Locos got banned because there was like people dying at Ramapo College or something like that. I Yep. Pretty, I'm pretty sure that was uh, something that put us on the map. Fucking Four Loco, man. But yeah, I, I was an RA. Oh my God, you would have hated me. <laughs> no, I loved people. I, 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 I kind of bent rules for people. Because so. <laughs> I had the, I, you know, I had magical powers. I could make things go away. You did. You could protect us. I yeah. used to get in trouble in my senior year of um, high school. I quit the football team. I was the captain. I quit the football team and instead started a business where I would empty out Arizona iced tea cans and fill them with Four Loco and I would sell them to kids in the parking lot before the game. Entrepreneur. I made so much money. I'm sure you did. (laughs) (laughs) 
what a business. What a business. Uh, hey, listen, I've, I've always, I've always said from day one, not the smart thing to do, but it was the right thing at the time. <laughs> I love, I fucking love. <laughs> oh, it's terrible though. Four Loco did uh, hurt a lot of people, I think. <laughs> it hurt, but because it's literally like liquid cocaine. Yeah. I don't think I ever what, had it. I don't think I ever tasted it. It tastes like malt. I mean, it tasted good to me, but the only thing I had to compare it to was like natty light beer at the time. Mm, so, yeah, so I didn't know what a good cocktail was. No, but I, I, uh, when I, once I finally did drink, I kind of wild out because it had been so many years of not. And I just remember being in, um, in Manhattan at a bar and it was when our sketch comedy group from Ramapo came to hang out with me and Grace, the, the three guys that we were in a sketch comedy group, um, uh, Andy, Rich, and Brian. What's up, guys? I'm going to make them watch this. Just I said your names, so you have to watch this. <laughs> um, but they came, and we were at a bar, and, of course, we were doing shots. And I was probably like SoCo and Lime shots because that was my go-to. Of course. And, um, and I just remember that they were, like, carrying me home. Like, I was on the subway platform, and, like, they were, they were like, two of them carrying me. Meanwhile, I've got a purse full of shot glasses that I stole because when I get blackout drunk, I steal. Oh my god, it's it's so chaotic, Mike. Like I'm so I'm so much better not drinking at all because like it I get real bad. Um, yeah, no, rowdy is fucking very mischievous. Trust me, I I get that a lot more. I think of the stuff that I used to do, and I was like, what was that moment that made me think this isn't what I want to do or be in my life? You know, you know what I'm saying? I, I, I remember. Was, I remember that moment because I took shot glasses and started throwing them against the wall and down on the subway platform. <laughs> I remember when I was. My scary moment, um, back when I said like I had like a little bit of a problem growing up, especially being a queer kid, sometimes you're like exposed to things that like aren't safe. Yeah. I got snuck into something, there was like a circuit party, which is literally just like a dance of like muscle, muscle queer gay men. And like it goes all day till the next day at like noon. You know what I mean? It literally is all, so I remember being like eight in the morning and someone was giving me uh, this thing called G which is a liquid in a vial. And it basically you have to time it and take it every hour. If you take it any sooner than that, you can die. And if you drink anything with it, your liver will shut down. So you cannot have any alcohol. It's not smart. It's something I've never been attracted to. I see people in West Hollywood do it all the time because you don't get a hangover and they do it to avoid the calories. What? It's so silly to me. It's just like, cause you could literally die. I've seen people die while I was working What's at the, the positive Abbey. side? What? What's the positive side? Lesser calories and no hangover. And you get drunk? Is that- it, it makes you feel like you're drunk. Huh. So what they did was they were giving it to me every half hour instead of every hour. It's probably like 18 at the time. Oh no. So I started throwing up everywhere. So they were like, he needs like a bump of something to bring him back. Then he needs this, he needs this other illegal substance to feel better. So they gave me that and it felt weird. And I go, can I see it? And it looked weird. I said, where did you find this? They said, we found it on the floor. <gasps> so I looked at it harder, come to realize that it was meth. <gasps> and I got so scared. I looked around, I'm like, there's like a bunch of different things inside of me. I am throwing up all this bar. I need to go home. And I just remember it was Monday morning because it was a Sunday night that this party took place. So I left at like seven, eight in the morning. And I'm on the subway in nothing but ripped up jean short shorts. Just on the, there are people commuting to work. I was looked probably looked like one of those cracked out people <laughs> like on the subway. Oh my God. And I just remember getting home. I was staying with a friend in Brooklyn and I was just like, yeah, I don't want to be this person. 
I don't want to be around these people. I don't want to be in this scenario. Because I see people now, especially even in West Hollywood, they're in their like 30s, 40s, still doing this. And they're like, it's just, you don't ever look good doing no. that. Yeah, I feel like there's a time. And I mean, I, I can think of multiple stories where I'm like, wow, how did I not die? Yeah. That happens. Just like different, like falling on the, the street in New York, waiting for my order, <laughs> like just, just different nights when I shouldn't have, I just drank too much. And then somehow was alone on my, making my way home and asked yeah. my driver to go to McDonald's. I'll get you <laughs> anything, man. <laughs> Listen, that's what I miss the most. I miss about how I could just stop at McDonald's without going through a drive-through <laughs> on my commute home. I just walk home and grab some fast food. Nothing is better. And I used to love being in New York, getting a pizza and eating it on the fire escape. Oh yeah. That was my like, that was my like rom-com moment. Yeah, sitting on the fire escape. Mm -hmm. I've done that. You don't get good pizza in like California. They don't have like good food. They have good Mexican food. Yes. Oh my God. Burritos are prime. But I do miss nothing beats like a New York slice for a dollar to like really sober you up after a night out. Really nothing. And like some of them are really big and like just the whole experience of being in there with like God knows who. Yeah. If you ever go to, do you ever go to the Jersey shore? Um, I mean, yes and no. I mean, I like- it also depends what you mean by the Jersey Shore because I'm in Asbury Park all the time. But I, when I, when you say Jersey Shore, I think seaside, yeah, Sina, not you know family friendly Asbury Park. Well, I feel like they have these everywhere. There's Asbury Park and also maybe down where they have like the kids rides. What's mm-hmm. that? What was I don't know what area that's called? Point Pleasant. Point Pleasant. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I think if well, wherever they have Three Brothers Pizza. Yes. Those slices that's- are huge yeah they are and they're the best oh that's, my god that's the whole thing like, you have to do that in new jersey you have to do you have it. to it's a good time i love um, new jersey i feel like new jersey is i feel like new jersey gets such a bad rap but i wouldn't want to be from anywhere else yeah I'm, I'm proud to be from new jersey i've gone back and forth you know i hid in new york for nine years and pretended to be from there for a little bit <laughs> so everybody says I'm new back york now. i'm back yeah because you know what when you meet someone else from new jersey you're like you're from new jersey and you have an instant bond with them it's like an unspoken fraternity that we're all proud of (laughs) yeah for a while it was you moved to brooklyn from new jersey hi me too (laughs) because who goes directly to manhattan you only go directly to manhattan if you have rich parents yeah mostly mostly uh or you grew up in brooklyn which i think is rad that is rad Um, i have a few friends who grew up in brooklyn i'm like you're like penis (laughs) <laughs> you're famous to me what I was that like brooklyn. i i gave birth in brooklyn i was like i want her to say i was born in brooklyn because that's, that's cool though she was she's, gonna be, she, she's gonna always have like a little bit of swag in her step mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> don't me- don't mess with me i was born in brooklyn <laughs> so mike here's something i ask everybody um because you know this is called break up with your bullshit so it's about like putting your excuses aside. And there's plenty of people listening who have not created anywhere near the amount of content that you have or like done what you have done. Okay. And um, my my conclusion I've come to is that everyone is still on some kind of bullshit, even if they've achieved a lot. So what's the bullshit that you're on right now? The bad bullshit? Yeah, like the stuff that's keeping you or like what's the thing that you're not doing? I would say my bullshit is still feeling like I need somebody else to validate myself. Like if you need somebody else's opinions of yourself to validate you, if you need a network to make you important to be on a TV show, if you need to be a, get the same view count or subscribers as other people to make your content important, it's breaking out of that mindset. And as, as you know, one thing you learned this year is that you are in control of your own self and the only opinion that matters is your own. 
if you love what you do, doesn't matter what anyone else thinks. It doesn't matter how anybody like views it, how they measure your success. You have to measure your own success and really love what you do. And if you do that by the end of the day and you're able to wake up every day happy and healthy, then you are successful. Love that. That's what that would be my breakup with your bullshit, trying to really get out of that mindset mentality and really live by that and actually feel it. Yeah. What do you think you would make or do if you could really shift that mindset? <sighs> like how would my content change? Yeah. What would you do? I would love to produce my own kind of like what we were saying the story before. I would really love to write that book and uh, dive, dive deep into just like producing content that I love and not worry so much about, about how, like, you know, how this is going to be perceived or is this video going to get viewed well? I feel like I'm starting to do that for, with my content. So it's just kind of like, um, I'm in a good, very good headspace. You know what I mean? Even if like the views are down, I love what I'm making right now. And one day I would love to like, get to a point where I can produce my own kind of show. I want to produce stuff. I don't always want to work for, for myself. And I want to produce stuff on my channel and turn it into something fun and portray things accurately the way that other networks and people aren't able to do. Yeah. I really love that no bullshit, like this is the truth, this is how it is. And you're either going to love it or you hate it. But either way, it's a reaction that I want. Yeah, it's you real. I mean? Yeah, even, even if you don't like something, that's fine to me. I want that real reaction. Sometimes I don't want you to like what I'm saying. But I want, you don't have to like something to respect it. Right. You know what I'm saying? So sometimes like I want, my whole thing with my content is I want to create an emotion. And sometimes what a creator needs to see if like, to realize if someone hates your content, you created an emotion. Totally. So you affected them still. It doesn't make it a failure. And that's what I really want to continue doing. Yeah, because if you, if you don't elicit any sort of emotion, you probably haven't risked anything. Yeah, if you're the worst thing your content can be is unmemorable. Yeah. If you watch something and you don't remember much about it or you're like, oh, I don't remember what really happened or where I saw it. No, I want you to either love it, think it's funny or hate it so much that you could still tell me the timestamp of what I said that yeah. really pissed you off. Yeah, I think when, when, um, when someone gives me a compliment for something that I made where I was playing it safe, it just doesn't hit. No, like, it doesn't feel like anything. It's like it, oh, it feels not, nothing. Yeah. And when I if I do something that's a little that makes me nervous, if I'm nervous when I'm hitting publish, mm -hmm. and then people are like, say anything really. It's it's just so much more fun to engage because I did something I really believed in, and so now I'm like, oh yeah, what are you saying? Yeah, this is a conversation it, worthy of me that I want to be part of. Yeah, and I tell my clients this all the time whenever because sometimes they're afraid to tell me that they don't like something because they think I'm going to be offended as the creative director of it, and I'm like, no. That is literally my job. If you, I, my job is to make you excited to post everything that I produce. Yeah. If you're not excited about it, tell me. And that is like a big thing for everybody. It doesn't matter if it's somebody that you're working for. It's your own stuff too. If right. you're not excited about what you're doing, no matter what it is, if it's a job, if it's any kind of activity, change it up. Always be excited about what you do. Always like what you do and what you put out into this world. Don't do it to appease other people. Totally. And that should be like all aspects of your life. Yeah. I mean, like I, I, uh, I had a job once for a month that I quit because I didn't like it. You know, yeah. like I was probably wanted to quit after two weeks, but like a month was all I could stand. Yeah. And I understand sometimes it's like necessity. Some, sometimes, yeah. you know, you don't have the luxury sure. to just leave a job or well, it's, it's just not that easy. Time, so it was yeah. 
I mean, that's the same. Yeah, I had, I worked, I didn't like my job. So instead I got a job at a, a CBS company or I would bartend or I would be a waiter at two different re restaurants. Like you do this to subsidize it. Like, you know, I mean, being somebody that started a job or like whether you're doing YouTube or whatever, you know, how do you think you're buying this equipment? Yeah. That's why I would bartend. You have to do these jobs to make up the money to get the equipment to do this because no one's backing it. It's hard work. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a coach and I love coaching and yeah. I probably will always be a coach and I want to produce music. And so it's like, I get a new client, half of that income goes towards music equipment. Yes. So yeah. like, that's, that's how I'm doing it. It's going to take longer than it would if I just had a bunch of money and I could just buy all the equipment right now and spend all my time doing that. Mm -hmm. But I can't. It's the hard thing about being a creative because we don't have, there's, it's not like you could just go to, you know, a boss for the most part, especially if you're an ind independent creative and just be like, Hey, I need this equipment. I need the company to buy right. it for me. You know I mean, you got to pay for that shit yourself, mm -hmm. especially if like you're chasing you a dream and it's hard. And you can have jobs that give you access to equipment or you could intern for someone or you yes. could, I don't know, you can make it fucking work. That is the hack. Don't ever tell us when I worked for that marketing company, I used to steal their SD cards all the they time. Know. They were never going to notice they were gone and they didn't. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, I used to take for them all the time. Yeah. Try to always like try to find the job that makes it easier to reach your goal. You know what yeah. I mean? If it's, even if it's not the job that you want, think to yourself, how can this help me reach my goal in the end? I think there's a certain amount of time that we can spend um, doing stuff that isn't ideal. You know, yes. I think too many people are like, uh, it has to be perfect and I have to make sure I'm going to like it forever. And it's, it's less about being in the place that you want to be right now and more about having a commitment to where you want to be that this current iteration of life is in support of. Yes. It's moving me toward the thing I said. Yeah. And I, I mean, and of course there are always obstacles, you know, like some people, maybe, maybe that you're like, um, like a single parent, or, you know what I mean? Or you have to, you know, make decisions that aren't necessarily what you want to do or, you know, what you expected at that certain time. But happiness and stuff like that doesn't have an expiration date. Yeah. And what I hope everybody realizes is, hey, you know what? This might not be what you want to do right now, but one day you can still do that thing. So yeah, just little by little. It's be overnight. It's that like, I, I struggle with this all the time because I want my music, I want my album to have come out five years ago. Yeah. Not next summer, but yeah. I, I, I sketched it out and it's gonna, I'm going to give it till July, you know, like I'm not gonna, yeah. but in the meantime, I have thoughts like, man, this is so fucking lame. I should be, I should know how to do this already. Why have I waited so long to get started? And, yeah. and I just kind of have to expand my capacity to be with what's currently. So yeah, accept it and recognize that this idea of overnight sensation is fake and, things take time and they're not as sexy as you thought they were going to be when they happen, but they're really fulfilling. It's like yeah. the difference between the one night stand and the long-term fulfilling relationship. Yeah. Michelle, when you work for things, they hit different. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I might be jealous that I didn't gain a shit ton of YouTube success when I was like a pretty 16 year old. But here's the thing. I wasn't a pretty 16 year old. I was a very, I was, you know what I mean? My, I, the life was very different. And yeah, I might envy those kids, but you know what? I don't envy the fact that they're never going to know what it takes to really, really work hard at something. Yeah. Yep. You know what I mean? And I, and I, and I, I, I wish that on everybody. I hope everybody gets to experience what it's like to really work at something. And then when you get it, how much oh, better so, it feels. It's like drugs. It's literally, no, it's, it's like um, edging. Good. 
Do you know what edging is? <laughs> yes. It's like edging and then you finally get that orgasm and you're like, yeah. oh my God, you can't experience anything else. Yep. <laughs> or for anybody who doesn't know what edging is and we don't need to go into it, like just, just being really turned on for a very long time and then finally getting a release. It's like, yes, that totally is what it's like. That's a perfect yeah. metaphor. It ed edging to success. That's like your book. <laughs> That's it. Edging, edging to success. Oh my God. <laughs> you guys, you guys, if, if Michelle isn't your coach, she should be. We just hit a groundbreaking breakthrough over here. So Mike, here's the last thing I'm going to do for you. By when will your book be written? When will my book be written? Um, I'm going to set a five-year goal for myself. I'm going to say in the next five years, I want my book produced. I want my, in the next five years, I want my book produced and I want to have my own studio for production. Okay. How, where do you want to be with it a year from now? In a year from now, I would at least like to have 10 chapters written. You would like to, or you will? I will. Cool. So <laughs> 10 chapters. Are you going to come back to me? <laughs> oh my God. December oh shit, it's 20th. 2021. All right. You heard it here first, everybody. There's going to be love 10 it. chapters. <laughs> love it. Okay. Michael, I love you so much. I love you too, Michelle. Thank you for coming. I'm really podcast. flew by. I had a great time talking with you. Ditto. Thanks for coming on the podcast. <laughs> I'll come wherever you want me. <laughs> <laughs> this is the best. Uh, I love your chaos. All right. Um, well, this has been Break Up With Your Bullshit. Uh, where can people find you? Find me everywhere at MikeMGTV. It was a pleasure. Ditto. Talk to you soon, though. I'll talk to you soon, too, love. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Break up with your bullshit. Oh.